Hi, I'm Reed Keating, and this is Free Enterprise in 3 Minutes. This 54th episode is a special double issue, so strap in. I'm going to use Pete Buttigieg, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, and a Democrat seeking his party's presidential candidacy, to highlight some underlying incorrect assumption from the world of politics, I know, shocking, regarding government and taxes. Mr. Buttigieg's tax plan is, quite frankly, stunningly vast. There doesn't seem to be any tax that he doesn't like or love. For example, he has called for imposing a wealth tax, a financial transactions tax, and a carbon or broad-based energy tax. Plus, he wants to increase federal personal income taxes, including on small businesses, corporate income taxes, capital gains taxes, and death taxes. The destructiveness of the Buttigieg tax agenda should be obvious to anyone with a sliver of economic common sense. So why does economic reality elude Mayor Pete, along with a host of others in politics who seemingly want to tax anything that moves, or even doesn't move, given, for example, the death tax? In an interview with CNBC, Buttigieg revealed three incorrect assumptions under which he and others labor. So first, Buttigieg criticized something he called the Reagan consensus. Now, he asserted, quote, there was a period where even Democrats seemed to operate in this framework that assumes that the only thing you'd ever do with a tax is cut it, that those tax cuts were assumed to pay for themselves. The empirical collapse of that supply-side consensus, I think, is one of the defining moments of this period that we're living through, close quote. Now, in terms of actual economics and history, Buttigieg's comments are simply bewildering. First, post-Reagan Democratic presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama raised taxes, and Democrats who failed to win the White House, Michael Dukakis, Al Gore, and Hillary Clinton, uh, certainly were not shy about embracing tax increases. Each of these Democrats rejected anything close to what Reagan did. So much for a Reagan consensus. Second, as for the straw man that tax cuts would pay for themselves, in reality, the supply-side economics argument always has been that when certain tax rates are reduced, um, such as personal, corporate, and capital gains taxes, and especially when those rates were originally quite high, then there will be revenue feedback thanks to enhanced economic growth. The data clearly show that's what occurred. Now, next, Buttigieg said, quote, until we invest in things like education and infrastructure and health investments that do, in fact, pay for themselves overall, some people may have to pay more than others because some people, frankly, are getting a bit of a free ride on the productive energy of this country and this economy, close quote. I'm really not sure what free ride, what the free ride comment is, other than somehow tying in with Buttigieg's class warfare tone. If he understood how earnings and compensation work in the private sector, Buttigieg would understand that compensation depends on productivity and the value placed on goods, services, innovation, investment, and work brought to the market with consumers making the ultimate decisions. And Buttigieg's notion that higher taxes to fuel increased government spending somehow pays for itself again flies in the face of the actual economics. Uh, Buttigieg, like so many others, seems to believe that draining resources from the private sector 
and then handing them over to be spent according to political preferences somehow stimulates the economy. That has never been the case, as evidenced by instances like uh, the Hoover FDR years of, of government spending and the Great Depression, and the Obama spending binge after the 2008 economic credit meltdown. Now, Cato Institute budget expert Chris Edwards um, summed up key findings on this topic uh, in an analysis a few years ago. So here's some key points. Uh, one, government spending and taxing create deadweight losses, which result from distortions to working investment and other activities. Number two, uh, the Congressional Budget Office says that deadweight loss estimates, quote, range from 20 cents to 60 cents over and above the revenue raised, close quote. Uh, number three, Harvard University's uh, Martin Feldstein thought that deadweight losses, quote, may exceed $1 per dollar of revenue raised, making the cost of incremental government spending more than $2 for each dollar of government spending, close quote. Uh, number four, uh, former chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors, Michael Boskin, noted, quote, the cost to the economy of each additional tax dollar is about $1.40 to $1.50, close quote. Uh, number five, Texas A&M economist Edgar Browning found, quote, it costs taxpayers $3 to provide a benefit worth a dollar to recipients, close quote. Six, in his book, Stealing from Ourselves, Professor Browning concluded that today's welfare state reduces GDP, or average U.S. incomes, by about 25%. So the economic losses as government grows, isn't really disputed among economists, except when certain economists replace economics with their political wishes. Finally, Buttigieg declared, and again, I quote, we had something on the order of a trillion dollars robbed from the treasury through the Trump tax cuts on the wealthiest, wealthiest, close quote. Now, saying that a tax cut amounts to robbery reflects a governing philosophy whereby government has first claim on everything in the economy, and then politicians decide how to dole out such resources. That, quite frankly, has a disturbing flavor of socialism about it. Such politicians might even let those who earn the money keep some of it, but apparently not too much based on Mayor Pete's plans and views on taxes. Thanks for listening. Like and follow us on Facebook at Free Enterprise Economics and on Twitter at Free Enterprise 7. And subscribe to Free Enterprise in three minutes at Apple, Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening and God bless.